We've received a new nature. We have the divine nature now. We've been recreated on the inside. We've been regenerated. Born again. We're a new creation in Christ. Now we have a desire for the things of God. Before we didn't. Now we do. All of these different things take place. Sin breaks our heart now. Whereas before it didn't. The, the, the pain that comes with sin broke our heart. But sin itself did not. Now it does. Even without consequences. We st our heart is still broken when we sin against the Lord. And that's it. That, praise God, if you have that, you are saved. <laughs> praise God. <laughs> if you don't, we'll get saved. <laughs> so after all of this, though we still can't live the, the life that Scripture shows that we're supposed to live. We still find that we're unable to do it, even though our, our heart's desire is to do it. We still can't, and it's so confusing, and we don't understand why. Now, I've told you, we've gone and seen all of that, but I, I do you no good if I don't, if I can't show you in Scripture why. <laughs> why it's like that. We're going to see that in um, verses 21 through verses 25. So I'm excited to get there. Uh, that's what we see that hand, the other hand that I gave you is laws that affect the believer. Or, or laws that affect believers. Actually, that's how I typed up. But these are going to be laws that we're going to see that, and we said law, don't let that word law trip you up. That's not law like the law of Moses. We talk about a different type of law like the law of gravity. The law of gravity is a constant law that never changes. You can't get rid of the law of gravity. Gravity is still here. It still exists. It's always been here. And it will always be here. But there are laws that are stronger than the law of gravity. The law of aerodynamics is stronger than the law of gravity. It doesn't make the law of gravity disappear. But it is stronger than the law of gravity. So the laws that we're going to look at and see that affect every believer are laws kind of the same idea as the law of gravity. It's a constant law that will not change. Uh, you might be able to think of, I don't know, can anybody think of any more just so we can, it's good to kind of think. we got the law of gravity. Can anybody give me another law that's that's what we experience here on Earth? Murphy's law. Murphy's law. <laughs> Murphy's law. I experienced that the other day. I know. Any, any. What are some other laws that are constant here on Earth? A stop sign. <laughs> that's a different kind of law, though. That's that's like man. That's law like man type of law or judicial. Law, there's a law of aerodynamics. Law of aerodynamics. Yeah, baby, most of them are just laws of the planet. I'll give you one. Reproduction. Law of reproduction. If a male and a female, animal, whatever, as the Bible would say, they know each other, <laughs> then because of that, reproduction can happen. It's kind of a lot now. It's obviously we we know that 
doesn't always happen. But it's basically God made it a law. A man and a woman together can reproduce. That law is constant. Two men cannot. Two women cannot. It's a constant law that will not change. The law of gravity is like that. There's a lot of there's a lot, and it is true, we, we just can't name them, or we just can't think of them right now. But there are many. The, this, when we say law here, that's what we're referring to. Something that is constant. God has set it up to work that way. And that's just the way that it works. And that's all that we've been given in Scripture. This is how it's set up. This is the way it works. Why? That's just the way God made it. That's, we don't get that choice. It's his choice. So, now that we've kind of gone through that, we can hopefully move through it pretty quick. So, I'm just going to start in verse 18. And I'm going to read through verse 25. When you're in Romans chapter 7, verse 18, say, Amen. Amen. Verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So let's move on to the next section. Laws that affect the believer. Verses 21 through 25. Laws that affect the believer. Verses 21 through 25. Uh, we're going to go, you'll see the definitions on your handout and you'll see the laws on the other handout. So you can follow along. I will tell you that in my notes, I have the law of sin and death before the law of the mind. But on your handout that I gave you, it's listed that way because the law of sin and death is stronger than the law of the mind. So I went ahead and put it at number four uh, to help understand that. Does that make sense? Okay. Just didn't want anybody to be confused. So verse, verse uh, 21. Uh, yeah. I find then a law. This does not refer to the law of Moses in this case. This refers to laws that are constant. Just like gravity, when we talked about that. Laws that will always be. So these are spiritual laws, basically, if you will. Oh, the next part. That when I would do good, evil is present with me. That word present, you see that in your handout, the Greek words there, means to lie near, to be, uh, be at hand. The idea is that the sin nature is always going to be with the believer. It is lying very near. <laughs> very near, it seems. Sometimes too near. <laughs> the sin nature is always going to be with you. Which means 
that we need some help. Right? We see law number one. You can look at your handout and you'll see law number one. Law of opposition. And that's in verse 21, which is the verse that we're in. This refers to opposition which stems from either the flesh or a revived sin nature. In the case of the latter, it refers to the law of sin and death. You will always have that. The law of opposition will be present on earth. On earth. 24-7. Until the trunk. Until the trunk. My Lord. Man, the trunk of God sound. We won't be having none of these. Amen. And sin nature will be gone. I can't oh. wait for that. And Lord willing, I'm preaching this month. Lord willing, we'll be talking about something like that. And I hope he's willing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there, the law of opposition. Do we all understand that? We will always have the flesh. We will always have the sin nature. They will not go anywhere. Uh, and to be honest, the world is probably just as much a part of that opposition. We, we face the flesh, the sin nature, the, the world, the devil. This is just constantly, it seems like. All these things, that opposition on a daily basis. Now, you don't think you need the power of the Holy Spirit to walk right on a daily basis. You just changed your mind when I told you everything that you face on a minute-by-minute moment. Daily, moment by moment, you're going to face opposition. The world, the flesh, the devil, the sin nature is always with you. Okay, now who can live for the Lord and not give in to any of those by yourself? Raise your hand. We need some help up in hell. <laughs> okay, verse 22. Go ahead. For I delight in the law of God. Refers in this case to the law of Moses, more particularly the moral part of the law. Due to now having the divine nature in him, Paul now loves the things of God, which he once did not, despite this war that is going on in his soul. Even though Paul is living right in the middle of Romans chapter 7. Where he wants to do the right thing, but he keeps doing the wrong thing. And he doesn't understand why Paul still has a divine nature. And it breaks his heart when he does the wrong thing because he has a divine nature. Which, that's the nature of God in us. We got that when we were born again. So he wants to do the right thing. That word delight, you can see it on your handout. It means to rejoice. So Paul rejoices in the law of God. David, what did David say about the law? He said, basically, I rejoice in the law. They didn't necessarily say that. What did he say? Dang it. Something like that. Yeah, kind of something like that. David rejoiced in the law of God. I think he said, delight. Delight, yeah. That's delight. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Hey, you're good. You should have passed it. Thank you. Told you. <laughs> you told him that? I, I know what I'm saying. He Paul rejoiced in the law of God. It made him happy. He wanted to do it. Despite Paul's failures, he loved God. He wants to please God. 
loves the things of God, and all because he is a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's each one of us. We want to do right because we are a new creature. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that's why we want to do the right thing. Pray God. If you feel that way, praise God. You are saved. Oh, amen. You ever needed reassurance of your salvation? If you needed it, the fact that you love the things of God and that you rejoice in the moral code of God and you want to do it, you are saved. (laughs) Okay, the next part. After the inward man. Refers to the new creation which has been brought about by and through the Lord Jesus Christ, in effect, creating a new man. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are a new man, a new woman. That has happened when you got born again. Before conversion, the inward man was corrupt, vile, ungodly, totally controlled by the sin nature. Now, the inward man is to be controlled by the divine nature. The regeneration we experience is the inward man. The salvation process works from inside outward versus man's efforts, which attempts to work from the outside inward. God works from the inside outward. Does that mean we get a new DNA? I do. That's exactly right. Read. Read. The word regeneration, uh, it really just means regened. You've been regened. You, this is my earthly father. When I got saved and born again, I was regenerated. I was regened. Like my father, my earthly father. My heavenly father. Right. Whatever whatever quirks that my earthly father has. Which are many. (laughs) They say, well, my dad had a name problem, so I got... No, no, no. You've been born again. You've been regenerated. You've been regenerated. Praise God. But he had he had anger problems, so I just passed it down. You know, I just got them. No, no, no. You've been if you've been born again, you've been regenerated, regenerated. You have a new DNA, new genes. Just like your heavenly Father, and you know what? He doesn't have an anger problem. No, 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 no. You've been regenerated, or you have it. We just got to accept by faith those things instead of just saying, yeah, but. No, no, no. There are no yeah, buts when it's faith. That's right. That's right. Regime. Mm. God. Amen. Divine nature of life. That's it. DNA. DNA. I like that. Law number two, the second law, is the law of God after the inward man. We see that in verse 22. So where we're at. This law refers to the truth that God's moral code is written within the heart of every New Testament believer. That was a promise given in the Old Testament. I'm going to take their heart of stone 
and give them a flesh, flesh, fleshy heart. No longer will they teach each other and say, do that, do that, which was, he was talking about law. This is what God. But instead, I'm going to write it. I'm going to write it on their heart. That's why when the waiter or waitress messes up your order a little bit and you are about ready to let them have it, something on the inside of you says, ah, 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 ah. You about ready to let your spouse have it? And you might even get so far as to really do it. And then right after, you didn't have to go to the Bible to see that it says that that was wrong. You didn't get, you didn't, you didn't get that far because the law was written on your heart because you've been regenerated. And the Holy Spirit, the divine nature on the inside of you, said, I don't think so, Bubba. That's not how we talk to people. I didn't need any law to say, Thou shalt not speaketh to thy wife that way. Didn't need that. It was just real quick. That's easier. Yeah. That was wrong. Regenerated. Regenerated. If we weren't regenerated, we wouldn't have that. Yeah. We wouldn't feel contrary to what people say. Some people, and especially in hyper, what's called hyper faith, that the Holy Spirit does not convict us of sin. Oh yes, He does. That's not my check. When Jesus was talking to the disciples, talking about the comforter coming, he said he will convict That's it. the yeah. world of sin. That's, it. That's The world didn't just mean the un... Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad he does, so I yeah. can continue yeah. in my wrong doing. Because the law yeah. is written yeah. on your heart. Yeah. The law of God... Now I lost it. The law of God after the inward man. We're new on the inside. Praise God. I'm, I'm thankful for that. Yes. Amen. Praise God that He's made me new on the inside. If He didn't do that to me, Sarah would have never married me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Verse 23. But I see another law in my members. Refers to the law of sin and death. So this is where number four is listed. I, I got the law of sin and death coming before. The law of the mind. But the law of sin and death is stronger than the law of the mind. But I had, it, it does get presented first in scripture. Law number three. I have it. The law of sin and death. We see it in verse 23, verse 21, verse 25, and Romans chapter 8, verse 2. This law declares that sin which produces death will become exceedingly sinful if not stopped. The law of sin and death. Every human being is under the law of sin and death. The deeds of the sin nature are carried out 
through our members of our physical body if we yield to the evil impulses. The impulse says to look at something that you shouldn't be looking at. That's, that's in nature. And then you just yield to it and then you go look at what the sin you shouldn't go. You need to go, go somewhere that you shouldn't be going and you yield to that and you go where you this is in nature. Yeah. Drink something. You shouldn't be drinking. So it's all through our members. You see how it's just carried out through our members. Talk to somebody the way you shouldn't be talking to somebody. Yeah. Act the way you shouldn't be acting. All of it just through our members. So the sin nature carries out its deeds through our members when we yield to it. The next one. Warring against the law of my mind. Presents another law. However, this law is not more powerful than the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is the second most powerful law in the universe. Now, the good news is that it, 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 it is very powerful, but the good news is it is the second. Amen. The second. It is the second most powerful law Amen. in the universe. It is very powerful. But it is the second, which means there is one greater, which we will see in Romans chapter 8. But we will yeah. see it on this side, yeah. because this is Romans 7. <laughs> but it is the second most powerful. So the law of the mind, the, the law of sin and death is stronger than the law of the mind. Uh, the law of the mind, we see it in verse 23 and verse 25. This is the law of desire and willpower. We think we can live for God and obey His word on our own strength and ability. And we want to live for God. Desire, willpower. Desire, the fact that we even want to. Willpower says that I can't. And the law of sin and death is stronger than the law of the mind. Mm -hmm. This is true. Just the desire to do right and the willpower only gets you to being dominated by the sin nature still. Yeah. Because the sin, the law of sin and death is stronger than the law of the mind. So it still leaves us in a helpless situation. Mm -hmm. And we get the desire when we're born again. But that in itself isn't strong enough to overcome the law of sin and death. We need some help yeah. up in here. And we need to know how to get it. Yeah. Paul wanted to do right, but the law of sin and death overrode the law of the mind, which it always will. Now you talk about be confusing. Yeah. That that is confusing. I have my whole heart's desire, my whole life's desire is to live pleasing to the Lord. I want to obey Him. I want to do His will. And the only thing that I find is that I'm dominated by sin. That I can't. That is confusing and miserable. 
miserably safe. Because you're still safe. You're just... Next part. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Plainly tells us that the law of sin is stronger and more powerful than the law of the mind. The law of sin and death is warring against the mind, our desire and willpower, attempting to bring the believer once again into bondage, actually a slave to the sin nature, even as was the case before coming to Christ. We can be truly saved and born again and, and be living like we were before we came to Christ. Yeah. If we don't know how to live for God. This does not mean that the person is lost. If they were lost, then there would be no war raging. Yeah, yeah that's true. If they were that's truly true. lost, they, they would never be repenting. Yeah. They would never have the desire to do good, to mm -hmm. do what was right. They wouldn't be there. And this is, is one of the main reasons why we, we can't see each other's hearts. We don't know that just because someone's failing, we don't know if they're repenting. <laughs> they just don't understand. They might be right where Paul was right here, living in Romans chapter 7. But if they don't know the answer, then they're dominated by the sin nature, and we just think that they're not even sin. They just don't even, they just don't even care about sin. It's ridiculous. We don't know that. They might be right where Paul was in Romans chapter 7, and they are just lost. Do not know what to do. The sad thing is, is a lot of times, really all of us have to get to that place. I just tell you the truth. One way or the other, we get to that place because. That's how we get the answer finally. Because we just, we're not, we don't easily accept it no matter how much we think we would. Yeah. And we'll see that as we get a little bit forward. Paul's next verse, actually. While sin begins in the heart, it has its conclusion in the members of the physical mind. Mm -hmm. Verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am. Paul now comes to the place that he can receive help. Just like a person that's drowning in the water, if they are flailing around, you can't help them because the only thing that they'll do is drown you. Yeah. So they have to actually wait until they stop <laughs> flailing. Yeah. And then they can go help them. That is exactly, that's just a really good picture of us. Yeah. Until we finally give up all of our efforts, God can't help us because we won't. We wouldn't accept it anyway. We would just keep flailing. So He patiently waits for us to get exhausted, right, and desperate. And when we are desperate and we, we see ourselves correctly, oh wretched man that I am, I don't know what to do. Lord, I'm desperate. 
That's when revelation can come. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish we easily just accepted stuff, but we just don't. We just don't. Most of the time we have to be in such a desperate place to where we finally see that our way doesn't work. Because we all drop a bomb right here. We are prideful and we will not admit it even though it's failing. And that's across the board. I'll say that. That's across the board. Not just right now. We're in the context of living a holy life. Mm -hmm. Ministry. All kinds of stuff. It's just across the board. Oh, well, I'm not going to No, it's not that. It's not me. It's not that I'm doing something. Thank God that Paul didn't do that whenever he went and presented the gospel a different way in Athens. Yeah. But he said, maybe it was me. I'm doing something wrong. Got to be. They didn't have the same effect. Lord, that showed me. I'm determined to preach nothing other than the cross of Christ. Across the board, it's like that for us. We just, we just would not admit that, you know what, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe this isn't right. Especially when results aren't happening. Some, it's not, it doesn't always mean that. I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes things just are slow. <laughs> but a lot of times we just haven't got to the place where we admit that our way is wrong. Yeah. Kind of like that. Remember that lady I told you about at the park when I worked at the park? <clears throat> she just insisted that her baby, her grandchild, was playing. <laughs> um, a different field. And she asked me, I said, well, there, there's nobody playing on that field. No, me, my, my baby's playing on the field 11. Man, there's no games going on on field 11. Now I'm working. <laughs> Man, there's no games on field 11. No, we'll, we'll find it. I know my baby playing on field 11. How much the game did they miss? What did they miss out on? Because they just insisted that they knew. Mm -hmm. When I could have just brought him right to win the game. How many times in our Christian walk and our attempts to live for God do we just insist? I know. And the Lord is just trying to bring us right there. Yeah. Just real quick. Just. Straight line is a lot faster. But if we just won't admit it, then we'll just go around now. Until we finally say, doesn't work, doesn't work, Lord help me. We are like that. That I wish we would. It's just the truth. We are like that. We will not admit. And this is we cross the board. We're talking about living for the Lord, but in our prayer life, don't tell me I don't know how to pray. Okay, we're going to we're gonna teach on prayer. Okay, I know how to pray. I've been saved for 30 years. I know how to pray. 
Okay, Bob, let's do this. Then. Let's go and see what Scripture says. Yeah. yeah. And in Scripture, the disciples asked a very direct question. Yeah. Actually, it was a request from Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, when you pray, do it like this. And then we get the Lord's Prayer, which is a prayer pattern. It's meant to be an outline. That's how they taught in that day. So he would have given an outline. What He, he taught them how to pray. Boom! Here you go, disciples. Here's the outline on how to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's your Father. You have a relationship. Act like it. He's our Father. We've been born again. Regimed. Yeah, yeah. My Father, we are in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Oh Lord, I sanctify your name. And you got all the names of God yeah. that just so happen to line up with all the benefits of God. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> didn't he know what he was doing when he talked about it? Uh, right at the beginning, we just get our eyes fixed on the Lord. Yeah, and then the cross. Yeah. It's just a cross-centered prayer. Who would have thought yeah. that Jesus would have given us a cross-centered prayer? Ah, just pray in the new covenant. But I know I pray. <laughs> it's a cat. It's a cat. It's a cat. No, that's a, that's a biblical prayer pattern. But I know I pray. Okay, but if your prayer life and your the way that you pray really doesn't line up with this, then could it really be possible that you're missing out because you're actually praying wrong? Yeah. And that by doing it, you kind of do frustrate the grace of God when He wants to minister to you in your prayer life. Could it be? I mean, when you look at it in Scripture, it is pretty clear. And you do it when, <laughs> when you pray, do it like this. I love how words are always just right on the money. Yeah. Not if you pray, when you yeah. pray. Yeah. When you pray, which means you're going to pray and you should. When you pray, it would be a good idea if you did it this way. That's not what it says. It says, do it like this. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you, if you just say, you know what, I'm just going to try. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't been, maybe I haven't been praying wrong, maybe. I'm going to just try. You're going to be so blessed. That was one of the biggest cries of my heart. Besides, Lord, I want to know the truth of the scripture. What does it really say? Lord, teach me how to pray. Well, he answered, Brother C.D. answered both of those prayers. I'll send you that Bible call. Praise God. Two birds, one stone. <laughs> Man, he's good. Okay, let's try to get. And that, that's just across the board, though. Prayer, ministry, everything. We just, we just don't, we just won't admit and say, maybe, maybe this isn't right. Thankful. I'm thankful that Paul did. Yeah. When he went to Athens and yes. saw, he didn't see the same results. So he said, oh. That's it. So 
Those are my right hands. But like David, like my dad talked about this morning. David said, Cool, it's not a secret rule. That's it. His efforts have not worked and he has run out of options. His condition forces him to admit what he is and cry out to God for help. We must come to the end of ourselves. All hope of the flesh must die in every respect. Then who shall who shall deliver me from this body or the body of this death? Presents a wail of anguish and a cry for help. The minute Paul cries, who? He finds the path to victory. That who is Jesus Christ. This death refers to the miserable condition of the Christian who is dominated more or less by the sin nature over which all the while he is desiring to gain victory. Paul is crying out for deliverance from the condition of defeat, which his residence in his physical body makes a possibility, and his lack of spiritual knowledge up to that moment resulted in. Sometimes that could just be a nice, good old-fashioned backhand. The lack of his spiritual knowledge up to that moment resulted in. Lacking in spiritual knowledge can actually result in defeat. Because we don't know how God set it up to work. We yeah. don't know how God's chosen yeah. to operate. It's okay to say, I do not know. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. I, did, I, I learned that really fast at my job because if you go in and like you know what you're doing, <laughs> it's going to be very embarrassing. <laughs> So I just, look, I don't know. Teach me. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. Teach me. Sorry. Verse 25. Thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Deliverance comes through Jesus Christ and more particularly what Jesus did at Calvary and the resurrection. Paul gives thanks to God for that fact. This is, this is a bit of a side note here, but how many times in our life is our thanks to God for something other than the cross? That's true. That's just a, that's a thanksgiving that will fade as quickly as it can. Because everything else but Calvary can change but the one thing that cannot change is the cross. You want true thankfulness? You want true joy? Peace? We go down the list of all these different things. You want that on a daily basis? A never-ending supply of joy, of peace, of thankfulness. You don't have to look anywhere else but Calvary. If you do, you'll find that it's up and down. Some days I'm thankful, some days I'm not. And we try, we try, we 
the, the enemy has no problem with you looking somewhere else than Calvary. So he has no problem with you uh, being thankful because you have more than someone else, which has just fallen right into the church. And I'll be honest, that just robs you of the blessings that you have in Christ. Well, praise God, Brother Rob. I'm thankful because I'm not a living third world country. I'm born in America. Praise God. Well, that's not the gospel because there are people born in a third world country. So basically, you're thanking God that you're privileged and they're not. That's right. See, but that's not thankfulness that God will accept. I'll just tell you right now. He only accepts that which is tied to Calvary. That thankfulness that isn't is not pleasing to God. Because it's just temporal. It, circumst, it circumstantial thankfulness. That's what we have. Yeah. What if you were in What if you were Job? And you lost everything. <clears throat> then the enemy has robbed from you. And he didn't rob your possessions. Yeah. But because of the wrong object of faith, yeah. he took your joy. He took your peace. This is similar to what my dad was talking about this morning. Circumstances in life come out of nowhere. And they just <coughs> steal. And if our object of faith isn't the cross, then we can lose our joy. But if your object of faith is Calvary, yeah. what you have in Christ, you can take whatever you want, but you can't take my joy. Yeah. Because my source for my joy, you can't take. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We have the wrong source, to be honest. That we got the wrong source a lot of times. Well, my, we we say, all right, no crop. No, the Lord, crop, that's my source. And then, you know, you get laid off from your job, and now all of a sudden, you just don't have any joy. Boy, I thought that the cross was your source of joy. But now that you lost your job, there goes the joy, here comes the complaining. Yeah. <laughs> but wait a minute now, you can't have it. It's not, you can't have it both ways. It either the cross either is your source yeah. or it's not. Christ is your source or he's not. And a lot of times we, we just kind of see ourselves and we think, okay, let's do it. God took that evil instrument of, I love this, when I wrote it in my notes, I was so excited. God took that evil instrument of torture, talking about the cross, which Satan thought surely was the defeat of Jesus Christ and turned it into the greatest victory that man has ever known. Amen. In the book of Esther, Haman was the evil guy. Haman, I'll just get right to the point. Haman is the type of Satan. And what was that? Mordecai was just, you know, living his life. 
And Haman, just trying to kill all the Jews and Mordecai, Haman even plots with the king and gets it all set up the way that it, so it can happen. And what does Haman build? Haman builds what's called, basically, he builds a place to hang. He was going to hang him. But when we think of gallows, we think of, you know, the noose and everything. No, 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 this wasn't like that. This was a pole. Yes. That he would have been basically impaled on, right. which was a type of crucifixion. Right. Haman's plan, Satan's plan, the cross. See, in the story, what happened was it got turned around. Yes. Make it good, point and talk. Yeah. <laughs> Turned it around, and the same okay. gallows that Haman built for Mordecai yes. Yes. turned out to be the death of Haman. Yes. My Lord, yes. the cross of Calvary, yes. which was meant yes. to be the death of Jesus and mankind. It was, it was a curse to hang from a tree. Yes. My Lord, the thing that the devil meant for evil. My Lord, Amen. God turned that thing around. Hmm. Calvary, God turned it around. Yeah. Yeah. And what was meant to be so bad, what was meant to be torture, my Lord, we got the greatest Blessing. That's why I can glory in the cross. Which was once viewed as so bad. Has turned into the object of rejoicing. For Christians. Praise God. Praise God. God said he would turn it around. Yes. God said he would turn it around. What the devil meant for evil, God make it good. Turn it around, turn it around, turn it around. Who shall deliver me? That question. The answer is. God can. And that the vehicle of the deliverance yes. is through the work and person of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. Amen. There, there is no other way that God delivers. I'll just, just get right to the, just cut right to it. There's no other way that God delivers. It's always through the work and the person of Jesus Christ. If someone says, come to a deliverance service, we're going to pray for you, you're going to get delivered. No, no, no. God only delivers one way. Through the work and the person of Jesus Christ. And what he did is enough. That's it. The three mighty princes, death, sin, and law, lose their authority over all who by faith Become associated with Christ in his death and resurrection. Amen. The next part. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. Presents the will of Paul and all 
for that matter. The will is the trigger, but it within itself can do nothing unless the gun is loaded with explosive power. That power is the cross, more particularly Christ and the cross. The will, you need the will, it's the trigger, but you need the cross because that's the power. Paul said that the cross is the power of God. That's what he learned when it didn't go as planned in Athens because he didn't preach the cross. But when he preached the cross, it is the power of God. My, that's what I want in my life. That's what I want in my preaching. That's what I want in my songs. I want to sing the cross because it's the power of God. I need it in my life. You need it in your life. And I don't want to rob you of blessing. So I want to preach the cross. I want to sing the cross. I want to teach the cross. I want to think the cross. My mind just want to be cross everything. If the believer resorts to the flesh, self-will, self-effort, religious effort, or anything but the cross of Christ, he will not serve the law of God, but rather the law of sin. The end result will always be the law of sin dominant. These laws are not capable of change, just like the law of gravity. Yeah. I hope that we've seen and, and we start to kind of understand, okay, now I know why. Now I know why. It's one thing to know that it, it happens, but why? This is why I can't live for God. Without the, the, the pastor keeps saying the object of faith, the cross, the object of faith. Why? Because without it, you got an unloaded gun, and we need all the power we can get. Because we got a lot of opposition. We provided everything that we have need of. It's not just a good phrase. The call it. We need it. It's everything. It's everything. Amen. And everything that we need. Man, I, I'm thankful for what he's done. Ah, but I'm so thankful. Yes. Amen. Amen.